0: Hey book friends, this is Corey. Welcome to episode three of Books and Tea with Kiri and Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation. There may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. This is episode four. Today, we are talking about the genre of short stories. Keep listening to learn about what qualifies as a short story and to see if reading two collections changed Carrie's mind about them. All right, let's get started. What's going on with you this week, Corey? Well, it's the weekend.
1: It's true. <laughs> and it's beautiful here. And, and we're. Oh, go ahead. We're both a hot mess. <laughs> we are a hot today. mess this weekend. I broke a chair already <laughs> this morning.
0: <laughs> yes. And we're trying to figure out our lives out as we add in podcasting <laughs> so that it continues to stay fun. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. And, and of course, because it's summertime in Flagstaff, they have like 5,010 things going on every weekend.
1: Yeah. It's definitely. So nice outside that I don't want to be inside reading books. And that's making reading very challenging. But uh, We got this. I know. On today
0: alone, there is blues and bruise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Made in shade.
1: Oh my gosh, why the are they doing that festival. on the same weekend?
0: <laughs> so we're like, oh my god, what should we do? So we're actually going to mate in the Shade, which means after I get home, day drinking always makes me a mess. So, <laughs> so I'm the gonna, mess is
1: going to continue. Right, yes. Yeah,
0: so I'm going to crawl home around 5.30 and probably pass out for the rest of the day.
1: <laughs> no reading for you. No reading for me, probably later <laughs> uh, today. Goodness. Or I won't remember what I read anyways. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm going to go for a hike later and try and enjoy the Flagstaff weather and... Uh, probably read. Okay. Do some knitting, maybe. Maybe read outside. Oh, that's a good idea. Then you get both. Yeah. As long as the wind doesn't come up and blow pollen all over me.
0: Oh, man, people. So for those of you that don't know Flagstaff, so first of all, the thing you need to know about Flagstaff is we're at 7,000 feet. So most people, they think of Arizona and they think of desert, which it certainly has. But we actually um, have a nice temperate climate but June is is a little rough. Mm-hmm. It's very windy mm-hmm. and it's hot for us. And by hot, I mean 82 degrees, <laughs> which sounds like we're total
1: weenies, but we're also higher up. So the sun's more intense. So I'm just dying. Yeah. And I actually, fun fact for the day, the Native Americans believe that when the snow from the peaks, which are, I think, 12,000 feet up, mm-hmm. when the snow, you can't see it anymore from town. That means the wind will stop. So I've been keeping track of the snow and it's still a little bit there when you're in town and you can see it. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping in the next week or two, it'll finally die down. That's, such a, Such a cool, fun fact. Isn't it neat? Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally going to steal that and start telling everyone.
0: (laughs) All right. So,
1: um, yeah. What's next? So, we're going to chat a little bit about the tea that I brought over. And it has a fox on it. So, I brought it because I know Corey likes foxes and all animals. But it's Trader Joe's Harvest Blend Herbal Tea. And you can only get it at Trader Joe's in the fall. It's a seasonal tea. Mm -hmm. And I went through about four boxes This fall. It's just like a really nice (laughs) cinnamony fall type tea. It's really good iced as well in the springtime, is what I'm finding out. So I'm making some tea with it lately. Yeah, and it's just uh, very warm. If cool. I could describe it in one word, it would be warm. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, it is warm. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, uh, the cinnamon was the first thing I noticed. It almost, it has kind of a fruity aftertaste, mm-hmm. but not like obnoxiously mm-hmm. so. Yeah. so And I love the box. So when you're done with that, I'll take the box. I'll okay. do something fun with that. Done. I don't know what. But. <laughs> For those of you don't know, my dog looks like a fox. Yeah. We'll put a picture up. Totally. So, all right. Enough about tea. Um, It is, so this is our first official episode Where we're trying out our format. So we will see how this goes. And of course, listeners, please give us feedback on what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of, what you want less of, all the things. So our first genre, as we talked about, is short stories. Kiri, can you share some common characteristics of short stories with us?
1: Sure, because I love them so much. That's why I'm making you talk about them,
0: because we know
1: that Kiri... As a fan, (laughs) not. Uh, So a short story is usually a brief fictional prose narrative that is shorter than a novel. And that usually only deals with a few characters um, per story. And they originally emerged from oral storytelling traditions in the 17th century, and uh, it's kind of grown to encompass a whole body of work. So that's why usually short stories come in a collection. At its most prototypical, the short story features a small cast of named characters and focuses on a self-contained incident, essentially a single effect or mood of the story.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. When you say that, I'm like, oh, I would have never said it that way, but that's exactly what short stories do.
1: Yeah. And so in doing so, short stories make use of plot, resonance, and other dynamic components to a far greater degree than is typical of an anecdote, yet to a far lesser degree than a novel. Which is maybe why I don't like them is because you don't really get a glimpse into people. You don't get a lot of character development mm. because that's not the point of it. So would you
0: say you're not relating to the characters? Yeah, I can't uh, mm-hmm. I can't
1: get to know them. I can't get to know the story. It's, you know, short and okay, sweet, I suppose, but I find that very <laughs> annoying. And uh, so there are early examples of short stories published separately between 1790 and 1810. But the first true collection of short stories appeared between 1810 and 1830. And the first short stories in the United Kingdom were gothic tales like Richard Cumberland's The Prisoner of Montremos in 1791. And then also the great novelists like Sir Walter Scott and Charles Dickens, who we'll be reading later, also wrote some short stories. Hmm, Okay. So, Corey, did you find out how long a short story usually
0: is. Yes, that was one of the things I wanted to know as far as what makes a short story. And so what I found was that short stories range from about 1500 to 30,000 words. So that's one thing to know is they talk about it in words not necessarily you know how many pages or whatever because books vary in size and fonts and things like that. And then for a reference point, novellas, which are kind of like a mini novel, run from about 30,000 to 50,000 words, and then last but not least, a full-length novel runs from about 55,000 to 300,000 words, but even with 1,500 to 30,000 words, that's a huge range. Yeah. But so what I actually found that I love the best was a quote from Edgar Allan Poe, who is a very well-known short storyist. And he says, it should be something that is readable in a single sitting, Mm. which I thought, okay, yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's usually when I like a short story. And I think that we'll get into this more, but that might be one of my critiques of some of what we read Mm -hmm. is I felt like I couldn't read some of them in a single sitting, but then it was hard to get back into it when I sat back down with it. Totally. Yep. So I also have some other fun facts for you. The earliest short story in the United States was a short story from Charles Brockton Brown called Somnambulism. And that was written <laughs> in 1805. And then May is National Short Story Month. So I guess next year, if we want to revisit short stories, we should do it in May. I'm going to veto that idea already. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I can convince her folks. Okay. If you are a short story enthusiast or you want to explore them more, there's a lot of classic authors. Uh, that I would recommend. So the one that came up most commonly was Dubliners by James Joyce. Then, as far as authors, um, Anton Chekhov, Edgar Allan Poe, as I already said, Arthur Conan Doyle of the Sherlock Holmes fame, most of those are short stories. Shirley Jackson, uh, most people have read The Lottery, and that's kind of a classic uh, uh, short story. H.P. Lovecraft, Ray Bradbury, Ernest Hemingway. France Kafka, and Alice Munro. We'll include some links in the show notes uh, to articles that we looked at that had some recommendations for both short stories, short story collections, and short story authors, so you can explore some more on your own.
1: My experience with short stories is pretty limited. I think I read a short story in high school, maybe, or maybe in college. I was an English major, so we had to do a lot of reading, and I can't recall. But these two books, that short story collections that we're talking about today, are literally The first ones that I've read since whenever the last time I read short stories. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. I dislike short stories. (laughs) And, um, you know, I just find I really like character development and short stories don't really allow character development. So it's hard for me to connect with characters in books or short stories. And I feel like that's one of the most important things for me while I'm reading books And I like to get to know the character deeply and experience their life. And short stories, you kind of get to know them, and then it's over. And it just feels like a bad breakup. Ooh. Interesting.
0: Okay. Well, and I think I've spent a lot of time thinking while I've been reading, and I wonder if some of it is we both picked modern short story collections. Mm, Maybe. And. Yeah, there was some interesting subject material in them oh that God. I that I feel like perhaps would have done better with a longer story, <laughs> or they would try and do the backstory in kind of weird ways, and I'd yeah. be like, okay, I want to know a little more about this, because this is odd. Totally. Um, or interesting. Mm-hmm. And and then you don't really get that. So. Yeah. Okay, so my short stories, I feel like I've read them on and off. It's definitely not one of my go-to type of books, and so there's mm. usually another motivating factor when I pick up short stories, mm. Uh, for example, Stephen King has written several, several short story collections and in retrospect, I wish I had went back and picked one of those and revisited it. Cause I think you might've found those more interesting, mm-hmm. uh, just because, and then there's two others that I've been fond of. They're called Irish girls about town and American girls about town. And they're about stories from other female authors that I've really liked. And so I think since I already kind of knew the author, I enjoyed reading some of the short stories from them. Mm-hmm. What I do like about short stories when they work for me is that they give me good stopping points. Mm. So I have found, now Stephen King, maybe not always because his stories are creepy, but it's nice because I can, it gives me like a finishing point. So, you know, sometimes the literal page turner where you end up staying up too late because you're like, I want to see what's happening. (laughs) That doesn't happen with short stories. So sometimes they're good to read before going to bed because you finish a story and you're like, okay, I'm sleepy. I should go to bed. Right. I think um, I also started remembering that I used to have a subscription to cricket magazine did you ever read that no oh my gosh so I I went uh, doing a little looking because it's been so long and it just popped into my head but it was described as a literary journal similar to the New Yorker but for kids
1: oh that's probably why I didn't read it is because I hated reading when I was little
0: we should find it and see what yeah. you think of it now um, but I, I had a subscription to that and I think so I started at a young age reading short mm. stories not really knowing what I was doing but right. that that probably helped as well
1: that's So funny. So New York times for children. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: Um, did you uh, happen to write down any of your other top contenders? Do you remember any of them?
1: I didn't. I literally only picked what happens when a man falls from the sky is because it was like the highest rated. Goodreads short stories oh, okay. collection. And okay. I didn't even think about anything else. Gotcha. Yeah. So,
0: well, I ended up with a pretty long list. And um, honestly, after reading ours, which I which wasn't terrible, just didn't speak to me the way I <laughs> hoped, uh, I wish I had gone with one of my other options. Uh, so, a couple that stood out to me that I will put in show notes and that I might want to go back and explore my own later is 99 Stories of God by Joy Williams. And this is supposed to be a collection of 99 flash fiction pieces uh, that read like short stories some like fables, um, and others like newspaper columns. So I like the idea of the different styles. Um, I think I avoided it because I thought discussing religion might be a no-no. I'm still traumatized from our first book club. <laughs> Do you want to tell that story, Keri?
1: So the first book that we picked for our book club was you, The Nineteenth Wife, the which, 19th which Wife. was my selection,
0: <laughs> which is a great book. But it is really
1: good, but we had, I think, maybe 15 people showed up to that discussion, and every single one of us was extremely opinionated about it and it was very hot and people were getting upset and offended and other people didn't understand why other people were so upset and it was a mormon based book i mm-hmm, believe and mm-hmm. the kid i think he was the main protagonist
0: yeah he ends up escaping kind of a cult more of a cultish mormonism so
1: one of the splinter groups that still allows multiple wives and yeah, things like that and so it was just very it was intense and then i decided that we needed a speaking ball when we were discussing books because everybody was talking over each other and it was just kind of a cluster i mean there's just <laughs> no no way so i don't think we did a religious book after no, that we've yeah not. we've Mm-mm not i mean i'm not in it anymore but when i was in it there was no more religious books after that so good job (laughs) (laughs) cory um
0: so a couple others that stood out to me one called dog run moon which is set in the american west Mm. which is where we live and so i'm always actually fascinated by books set where i live so i i I probably will go back and revisit that one um civil war land and bad decline by george saunders and this was in the dystopian near future where america is a tourist trap and its people live under corporate law but we're going to be doing dystopia so i avoided that although i don't know if that that was a good reason because i don't know carrie may not let me pick another short story <laughs> so that might have been my one chance to do it for this um and really i think probably the one that i should have gone with that was my first instinct was uh, a collection of short stories by shirley jackson i think i should have gone old school and and revisited those but mm. it is what it is and uh we're gonna take a quick little break and then we'll be back to talk about our first book
1: so the first book we're going to be discussing is what it means when a man falls from the sky by leslie nika and it's a collection of short stories that explores the ties that bind parents and children husbands and wives lovers and friends to one another and to the places they call home so these are my random thoughts while reading the book god i hate short stories these are all so different but kind of the same i'm so confused
0: Oh, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. Mm. Wait, I just started liking this one. Why does it have to end? And then, Jesus, can we have some happiness? There were literally no happy endings in this collection. There was no happiness. Yeah, you're right. Um, How on earth do you say any of these people's names? Which seems to be kind of a theme in the books that I'm reading. I don't know how to say any of their names. Mm. And then finally, a baby made out of hair, an evil baby made out of hair? who eats hair? What the heck is this? (laughs) So, um, I just had a very, uh, none of the stories were great for me. I liked too, so I liked the, what, what it means when a man falls from the sky and it talks about, you know, people being able to rid other people of negative emotions. And it's like a, physical science type Mm -hmm. there's like this mathematical formula that had been discovered Mm -hmm. and you could use it
0: somehow to take other people's energy negative energy away from them yeah
1: and it you know i don't remember i can't pronounce the main protagonist's name but she's you know i would say empathic and so she can feel other people's emotions which i related to in that sense because I can always tell when somebody's upset, even Mm -hmm. if they have this beautiful smile on their face. I'm like, your eyes are sad and I can just feel the sadness. So I definitely felt that in that book. And it was one of my favorites. And the other one that I enjoyed was Windfalls, which is a mother-daughter duo and... The mother has basically encouraged the daughter to fall literally her entire life for them to get money. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible and screwed up. And I hated the mom. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I really liked the disconnect between the two of them and how the daughter kind of went along. It was kind of an interesting spin on things because never once did she not fall from, you know, not fall literally to get their money. Yeah. Um. Well, and I think that's
0: a – I mean, it was a weird – uh, not weird. It was a different way of telling that story, but I think the dynamics between a child trying to help and please their parent, mm-hmm. and perhaps doing things that they don't want to do or that they know are wrong, but because it's their parent, yeah, and they're at a certain age, they re- they kind of rely on them as well, yeah. And but then as they get older and they start realizing this isn't right and mm-hmm. this isn't what I want to do, and how do you break away from that? And you know,
1: if family is important to you, how do you how do you step away? Right. And I think at one point there was a lead on to maybe the daughter giving a blowjob. Did did you get that oh, idea? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So instead mm-hmm. of falling, well, so she fell. And then the manager was like, I'm not going to pay you out, basically. And then mm-hmm. her mother encouraged her to mm-hmm. give him a blowjob. And my idea of this girl is that she's only like thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. And she's knocked up. Yep. And she fell. Yep. And now she's giving this random dude a blowjob so that she gets money. hmm Like Multiple times during the story, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I just don't understand. And maybe it just brought up some weird mama juju of, like, not feeling protected and Mm -hmm. not being taken Mm -hmm. care of or being used in some way. It was it was weird. It was a weird story. The whole collection of stories was batshit crazy. (laughs) Totally crazy.
0: Yeah, they were. Um, I think you You already echoed a few of the things I think it was definitely it, a common theme was families mm-hmm. complications, expectations, mm-hmm. conflicts, and all sorts. you know it was you know mother daughter, mm-hmm. you know father, daughter, mm-hmm. sisters, cousins, parents, and children. It was all and siblings too there was some sibling conflict, so it was really about the complications I think of relationships with different family, which makes you wonder about the author and what her what her relationships was like with her parents, yeah, um, I think it was also about trying to do the right thing, um mm. maturing and growing the experience of growing up and being uh learning that the world isn't always what you think it's going to be, yeah. And a lot of I I found cultural conflicts. So tradition versus modern times. Right. And that she, you know, she references her African roots quite a Mm -hmm. bit. So I think she's, again, I think exploring what does it mean to be in um, grow up in Africa, but then also be in the American culture. That that was a theme that I see a lot better or a lot in there. And as you already said, a lot of sadness.
1: So much sadness. This is not a happy story collection. It does not make you feel warm and fuzzy at all. Strangely, though,
0: I liked it better than
1: my pick. Yeah, I would agree with
0: I, that. Yeah, I, I found it more relatable, more real. There were a couple of kind of magical realism fable Evil type of hair things, baby, like yeah. hair baby, like hair baby, hair baby, which I kind of liked. It was weird, but it, I know it was creepy, but <laughs> but good. And then I also really liked the what is a volcano? The one with the river and the ant gods. Oh yeah, that was it was, was it, okay. It yeah. was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Other than that, I my probably my favorite was was wild which was the one with the two cousins. Mm, Yeah. I thought that one was really well done. Mm -hmm. That was probably my favorite out of all of them. And then I think um, the one that you referenced, what does it mean when a man falls from the sky was my second favorite. Mm -hmm. The one that I was really confused by was second chances. That was the one with the dead mother. And I'm like, is she dead or not? dead? Yeah. (laughs) Did you figure that out? I really,
1: I could not figure that one out at all. This is why I don't like short stories is because you can't figure shit out. Like it only gives you. 10 pages of something and you're like what yeah
0: yeah i was trying to figure out is this like is her dead mother a symbolic thing is she seeing things is yeah. it a ghost is it real i you know i just could not figure it out but so. then i feel
1: like the dad also saw the dead mother did yeah. you get that hint as yeah well? that's what i'm
0: saying it was weird i couldn't quite follow that one i might need to go back and reread it or skim it just to see if i can figure that maybe out maybe we can just google it and see if there's like a If there's an explanation.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So, okay. Well, we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about my short story selection. All right, we're back. So my book selection was What Is Not Yours Is Not Yours by Helen Oyeyemi. I picked up this one because I'd heard about it on another podcast Mm. and I had another friend who was reading it. And then it came up as a suggestion on several to read publications. So, again, I was like, well, that's like three reasons to read it. And, again, I think, you know, it was a good experience. I kind of wish I'd, like I said, I'd gone old school with Shirley Jackson. I Mm -hmm. think it would have been more of an interesting contrast. Yeah. So the other reason I picked this one is because I was intrigued by the overall theme. And the theme with this book is keys, both metaphorical and literal keys. Mm-hmm. And um, it was also described as quirky and having some magical realism, which, again, usually are win-wins for me. There was ghosts. There were doors that opened themselves mm-hmm. if they weren't locked. That was
1: a cool story. I liked that one the most.
0: Yep. Non-human narrators. Mm-hmm. Um the stories have primarily a European settings, and they travel through time. So I think, again, with Curies, it was mainly modern time stories, but yeah. these were all over the map. Uh, they also had both male and
1: female point of views. They just explored a lot of same-sex relationships. That's one of the things I realized, too, that all the characters were in the LGBTQ world. Plus plus community. Yes. Yeah, which I appreciated. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, I don't
0: read a lot of books like that. And, and you know, and it certainly gave me a pause to be like, wait, are they male or female? And then I was like, why do you care? Right.
1: Um, <laughs> it makes you question the gentrification process. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. A lot of different races, too. Mm-hmm. So
0: so there was a lot of diversity in these stories. So from that standpoint, it definitely challenged me um, and kind of went out of my white bread, normal selections. Mm hmm. And, but again, you know, it was kind of a sad collection of stories. Yeah, awful. Uh, Loss of innocence, first loves and heartbreak Mm -hmm. were common themes. The other thing that she did beyond the key theme was the continuity of characters through the stories. Which on one hand was kind of cool, but on the other hand was kind of confusing because I kind of kept going, wait, what? W- which one were you in and yeah. who are you? Although, I don't know, did that help you? Like It th-
1: didn't at all because by the time I finished – so these short stories were actually like 50 pages long. They so were pretty they long. they are definitely not, I don't think, fall into the short story category. So by the time I was done reading one of the short stories, I tried to forget about it to hope that the next one was better. So the random <laughs> like, people coming back in, I was like – You'd be like, I know that Ugh, name. This is like the complete opposite of what a short story should be. Like, it shouldn't be characters come back because as our definition said, it's like a small group of characters with one issue. And mm-hmm. this book did not follow that definition. And I was very irritated. Right.
0: <laughs> Although I was looking at the book jacket and it did use something like intertwined stories. So uh, it did sort of forewarn that. But I, 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 I didn't pick up on that until I was prepping for this. Yeah. And
1: I tend to not read the labels of books really yeah because i feel like it gives too much away it's like watching the previews at a movie theater they only show you the good parts and then when the movie comes you're like oh i've already seen this It's boring
0: yeah i guess i go back and forth sometimes i want to be surprised other times i want to know what's coming yeah i don't know why there's no rhyme (laughs) or reason to it yeah so it's continuity with the characters Again, the topics for the stories were all over the place. Again, th- remembering a lot of these were magical realism stuff. So there was a story about a mysterious garden and perhaps a rose that was alive. Yeah, I don't know. And a lost love. Another was about the downfall of a famous singer after he's caught doing something mm-hmm. bad. And but really, the story was about the impact it had on a teenage girl that idolizes him. A uh, story of puppets and puppeteers. Yep. I felt like the tyrant one was interesting. It had like this fairy tale esque, like a really mean sad fairy tale feeling to it there was my least favorite and the weirdest of them was this husband and wife that go through this weird experiment to work on their relationship (laughs) you know what i'm talking about yes i was like what's going on um i think it could have been done a little bit better but i like the idea of the homely wench society that was kind of the history of uh two different clubs on that college campus with the boys and the girls yeah and then uh, the Bizarro Little Red Riding Hood with the goose. Jesus. Again, that one was just a little too weird for me. I don't know why. I, the Hair Baby I thought was
1: cool. The, the Bizarro Little red riding, hood, red riding Hood did not work for yeah, me. Yeah, I think for me, all of them were just a little too batshit crazy for me to really enjoy them. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, yes, it certainly was quirky. I wondered if using of having the same themes of the same people showing up in different stories and the idea of keys and locking, if that almost made it too constrained, like it, She worked too hard to weave all of that in there and it just made it a little clunky and disjointed. Yeah. That was one of my
1: thoughts. Yeah. I feel like also the length of them were, it was just too much. So, my experience was I was trying to not get attached to the characters and the story, but because the story and the characters were so long, I got attached to them, Mm -hmm. which irritated me because I knew it was Mm going to end, but I didn't realize that it was going to, you know, take 45 pages for it to end. So, it was like this heart string pulling of the heart string of like you're going to get attached to these characters because 50 pages is basically what i give a novel before i Mm -hmm. quit it and then it was over and it was just like i was quitting a novel oh okay you know huh okay which is fine because i didn't like any of them but yeah it was still very confusing for my brain and my heart no i hear you
0: I think the other thing that made it a little hard is, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but the story structures, mm-hmm. they were nonlinear. Yeah. They kept bouncing around in timelines. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I'd be like, wait, what? Or they'd also switch um, for uh, the narrators. The point of view of the narrators would change a lot. Yep. And you'd be like, "What? wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so you certainly had to think and pay attention Um, which, you know, maybe is a good thing. I don't know. But for me, I would say the first two were the best. So my favorite was, Is Your Blood As Red As This? Mm. um, Which was at the beginning. And the f- first one before that that I didn't write the name down on, but with the pup, so that one's with the puppeteers. Yeah, I liked that one, and it had really complicated relationships. Um, I did like the changing point of views in that one for some reason, but I-, I felt like the collection as a whole lost steam as it progressed. I towards the end I was like, okay, how much, mon- how many more stories do
1: I have to read? Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah. so I-, I don't know. The first couple, like I think she came out strong, and then I- towards the end I was like, okay, I'm ready to be done with this.
1: Yeah, I had a similar experience, and. You know, some of the things, my random thoughts that we've, that I had throughout the book, we've already touched upon. And my final one was kind of, (laughs) how did we both pick some batshit crazy short story collections? Because Mm -hmm. they were both insane. Like, insane. I just don't,
0: Well, and I wonder if we need to pay better attention to the the key descriptor words, because when I reflect back on both of ours, I feel like it was words like quirky and creative and unique. Maybe we should go with classic, general, happy. (laughs) I don't know, but I think that's... I think those were all uh, euphemisms for bizarre. Mm -hmm. And maybe that does not speak to us, at least not in short stories.
1: Yeah. And to go along, is your blood as red as this, which is the puppet story? Mm -hmm. I didn't really find many quotes that I liked, but I did find one in this story, which was, no matter how soft his skin appears to be, he is entirely wooden, and it is Mm -hmm. not known exactly what animates him. No clock ticks in his chest. And I just thought it was a very... I liked the language Mm -hmm. and I liked what it was saying because we were, you know, the stories about puppets, but yeah, the puppets, I feel like kind of had a mind of their own as well. Mm -hmm. And it was very confusing. It was a very weird story.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I agree. I think that again, that was one of those, wait, what? And I went back and like reread it like three times. Mm -hmm. And then as the story progressed, I'm like, oh, he really is a puppet. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're getting his, and this is what I mean by the nonlinear storylines is then you find out Why he's a puppet and why he's animated, but it takes a while and then it's bouncing back and forth between current times and the history of how he of the I think it was Rowan Whalen came about. And so you had to kind of keep navigating through that to get the full story and understand what was happening.
1: Like we said, the. Jacket said that it was a unique story and they are both of the books that we've picked are quite unique and I feel like it takes a really good writer to be able to write that kind of stuff because holy moly I just none of that stuff would cross my mind Mm -hmm. like I would not ever think about writing about a baby made out of hair
0: right well when I was looking at my notes that I'd written down twice accidentally I
1: wrote down where does she come up with this stuff (laughs) (laughs) maybe like Pot cookies or, I don't know, or maybe just really intense imaginations.
0: Well, that's probably why we're readers and not authors. Yes, definitely. So, cool. So, yeah, the other kind of unique thing was uh, we both ended up picking books written by young Black women authors with ties to Africa. Mm -hmm. So uh, then that was completely accidental. But again, I think that pushed us out of our comfort zone. I think, you know, again, a lot of different themes that we
1: wouldn't necessarily explore on our own. I think that's about all I have. Yeah, that's about all I have too. It was a very, I only had a page of notes for both of these books Uh because I was very not interested.
0: So, will you try any more short stories or are you done? I think I'm done
1: for a long time. Unless I pick one for reading? Well, yeah. Well, so I was going to pick Sherlock Holmes Uh for our classics, but it's short stories. And so I refused to do it.
0: I wonder though, so since those are mysteries, I mm. wonder if those would work better maybe. for you. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, it's okay. We don't have to love everything we read. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. So,
1: And, you know, also to keep in mind that I come from a perspective where I don't like short stories. So mm-hmm. my review of this book and this conversation today is definitely tainted with my disdain for short stories. So you might actually really love these short story collections and don't be persuaded from mm-hmm. my maybe negative Nancy point of view <laughs> about them. And
0: I'm more like, challenge accepted. These didn't quite fit. But I know that there are short stories out there that I really enjoy. So I think I just need to keep exploring and finding and maybe trying some classics, um, going back to some old favorites, things like that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So it is now time to share our uh, book selections and genre for next week.
1: Do you want to reveal? We are going to be reading mysteries. Yay! Yay! For something completely different. <laughs> so the book I picked was And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie and uh I've never read any Agatha Christie books, so Me this will be a good thing. And so the short synopsis of that is first there were 10, a curious assortment of strangers summoned as weekend guests to a private island off the coast of Devon, which I also like that it's based in England, so mm-hmm. it reaches my English heart. Yep. Yeah. Um their host, an eccentric millionaire no- unknown to all of them, is nowhere to be found. All that the guests have in common is a wicked past they're unwilling to reveal and a secret that will seal their fate. For each has been marked for murder. One by one, they fall prey. Before the weekend is out, there will be none. And only the dead are above suspicion. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I haven't read any Agatha Christie, but I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I should
1: read Agatha Christie. I kind of feel like it's one of she's one of those authors that you have to read, kind of like mm-hmm. a Dickens or, yep. um, in my opinion, Jane Austen. But you know, to each his own. So it'll be a good read, I think.
0: Yep. Yep. And I've started reading it, and it goes really fast. Oh, cool. I'm enjoying it so far. Great. So the book I picked is called The Wife, The Maid, and The Mistress by Ariel Lawhorn. It's inspired by a real-life unsolved mystery. In Jazz Age Manhattan, and I love the Jazz Age, a judge disappears under mysterious circumstances. Dun, dun, dun. And he has some shady dealings, but he also has a wife and two mistresses, so oh. who knows what's going on there? The outline of the book is that 40 years later, his wife is sitting down with um, the narrator of the book to reveal what really happened and where what happened to him and Ooh, so sounds I think it'll intriguing be yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's pretty recent it just came out in um, paperback so if you're looking for a cheaper summer read it might be a good one to go look for cool
1: all right well we'll see you next time have a great week hey book friends we hope you enjoyed our conversation today thanks for listening along with us Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter.